your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today, a pretty big announcement right in the beginning. If you follow me on Twitter, you already know what that is. Uh, Some Avalanche prospects have been invited to join the Canadian team for the World Juniors. Uh, Update on the Mitchell Miller fiasco. Uh, A very incredibly touching piece done by Colin Wilson, uh, which we will absolutely get to. As well as uh, Jonathan Taves giving, not Jonathan Taves. There we go. There's the first of many. Devon Taves gave a interview, uh, kind of like a welcoming, welcoming interview that he gave to the media of uh, the Avalanche, and we will play that for you. And finally, the Nikita Zadorov poll is closed, and we will get to the results from that. So a lot to get to today. So first things first, follow the show on social media outlets on Instagram. Search for Locked On Avalanche, or excuse me, L-O-P-N, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. There we go. On Instagram, search for Locked On Avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, and or opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. <clears throat> okay, so the other day, uh, Hari Nair and I did a episode about race relations and the Mitchell Miller thing, which I'll get to in a second, and uh, Ryan Clark, who writes for The Athletic, who will be leaving the avalanche beat to go back to Seattle and cover the Kraken. And uh, long story short, Ryan will be on the show next week. Uh, He reached out to me and I said, Hey, you know, I would absolutely love to have you on the show before you leave Denver and talk about some avalanche stuff. And he was incredibly gracious and saying, absolutely, let's do it. So it's looking like we are going to record that Monday night. And that will be released on Tuesday. My guess is it's probably going to be a two-parter. So I'm, I don't really want to, uh, I don't want to keep him too long, but I don't want to fly through things e- either. So I'm uh, assuming it's going to be a Tuesday and Wednesday thing. So uh, incredibly excited to have him on the show because I think without a doubt, he he's my favorite writer of the avalanche and he is now going away. So uh very insightful guy, and I uh, cannot wait to kind of dive in and talk about maybe the inner workings that he knows of the Colorado Avalanche. So, yeah, so that's that's the big stuff, which is uh, great. I never thought, you know, I, I started this show just about a year ago. It was early November when I started, and here we are a year later, and I'm getting someone like Ryan Clark on the show, which is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, tune in for that in early next week. And I'd like, like I said, I mentioned the the Mitchell Miller stuff that Harry and I, Harry and I talked about, um, and there is an update to it. And basically, the Coyote, the Arizona Coyotes have said we're renouncing his pick, and that's that. They're basically wiping their hands of it. And to me, <clears throat> it's it's the biggest cop out 
maybe I've, I've ever heard of in, in sports. The way things are today in the world, how do you not do a complete background check on this guy? And uh, complete, I mean, not just what they did, because apparently they did some sort of a background check, but their 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 excuse was more information came out on it. And then we talked to, or maybe they said they didn't talk to the family. Maybe out of respect of the family of the victim, uh, they've decided to go that this route. Where was that respect in the beginning of all of this? You had none. So this is just the, this is bad, bad look for the Arizona Coyotes. So now, not only do they not have a first, second, or third round pick, now they don't have a fourth round pick. And in my opinion, that's exactly what they deserve. So I I couldn't even get through the entire statement that they released because I I got to that point where they were set out of the respect of the family and I just I wanted to throw up. So yeah, Mitchell Miller's career probably will be very short in the NHL and I am just fine with that. If you had shown some contrition over the past four years and tried to connect with this kid more and tried to connect with the family, you know what? Like Adam and I said on the national show if you listened to that yesterday. There are people that deserve second chances. From what I have read and what I have seen, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm one of those people. And you will. <laughs> what we're gonna get to next with the Colin Wilson thing, uh, the the job that I do for my daily job, I am more than open to giving people second and third and fourth chances. Um. But for this, when you show basically no remorse, I'm sorry, you're not there yet. So that's that with uh, with the Arizona Coyotes and uh, Mitchell Miller. And yes, we are an avalanche show, but that's just too big of a, a thing to not want to discuss. Now, on the avalanche side, an absolutely incredible column came out written by Colin Wilson himself on the Players' Tribune, which is an absolutely fantastic site. Um, and he came out with not everything because there was a a portion of the column that he wrote that said there, you know, I went down a a dark road and I'm going to keep that to myself and that that's not for public consumption and that's completely fine. But what he did put out there, you know, some people were, were, they're just not. They don't really care what they say, when they say it, and how they say it, and who they say it to. And a lot of things were getting thrown around by Colin Wilson as why he was not playing. Most of them, we didn't know. We didn't know. And I think a lot of people thought it was injury-related because of his hips. That turns out to be somewhat of the case, yes. But he came out and admitted that he, for his pretty much his entire life, he has suffered from a, a very severe bout of OCD, which has led him down a road of uh, bad mental health problems and addiction. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but but that is my day job. Um, I, I absolutely love doing this Avalanche show and put a lot of time into it. <clears throat> but my Monday through Friday, nine to five job is a drug and alcohol counselor. So I deal every single day with people who are struggling with addiction and struggling with mental health. I don't deal with people with OCD. That's a completely 
different ball game. Uh, do we have people that have some mild OCD? Absolutely. And I'm one of those people that think all of us to some extent have very mild OCD. Uh, but when you get to the point where he was constantly, you know, tying his shoes over and over again, he describes a ritual that he has before every single flight. And you know how much athletes fly. So, um, I, I really implore you to go read that and maybe get a, a small glimpse into not only his life, but you can extrapolate that out into a lot of people who are dealing with <clears throat> the situations that he deals with. So he seems like he's in a very good space right now. He even says in the article, I think my playing days are done. He does not expect to be playing hockey anymore. He says he has not been out on the ice in a very long time. <clears throat> so, you know, number one, getting back into hockey shape is going to take a, a very long time. He he had to have that double hip surgery that he had before. He had to have it again. So from a health standpoint, there's so many reasons why <clears throat> I would believe that, that he might not be back on the ice maybe forever. But he seems to be okay with it. He seems to be okay and at peace with it. And going down a road to help other people the way some people have helped him with alternative medicines and things like that, which he seems to to buy into wholeheartedly. So it almost seems like he has a new uh, lease on life and is at the point that so many people are when they <clears throat> you never really conquer an addiction. You learn to live with it. And it seems like he's at that place and he's also at the place of now wanting to help other people, which in turn will help himself even more. So I, I, you know, th this kind of just, I didn't, I, I thought the reason why he wasn't playing was, was injury related. I thought it was something to do with the hips and they even said lower body injury. So they weren't lying, but it was more than that. And we kind of got a glimpse as to why. And, um, if that is it for Colin Wilson, you know, he, he's doing what's best for him. And I don't think hockey is – sometimes we lose sight of that, that these guys are humans, have real problems. And sometimes hockey is not the most important thing. And right now, to him, it's not. So I wish Colin Wilson the best in whatever he decides to do. But whatever he decides to do is his decision. And it's doing what's best for him. Read the article, uh, and like I said, it's his words, comes right from his mouth. That's what the Players' Tribune is all about. The players themselves write the articles, and uh, maybe be enlightened a little bit. So, all right, if there's anything else new that comes out about that, you can definitely hear it here as well. So, all right, let's hear from our sponsor for today, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar, you know it, you love it. It is the great tasting and healthy energy and nutrition bar bars are covered in 100% chocolate they are soft and easy to chew they're great for the health health conscious guy or girl they taste just like a candy bar and not that gritty nasty taste that most energy bars have that you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for the keto diet if you're on that <clears throat> they also have Another new product, and it is, they are Built Bar Bites. 
So they're almost like half the size of a regular built bar. So if you don't want an entire one and you just need like a quick pick me up in the afternoon, they're smaller in size. They'll fit anywhere in your desk or in your bag or in your laptop bag. And they're half the size of a regular built bar. So you can go on and get those. They come in a variety of flavors. And there's also a new flavor out called Mocha Love. So if you're a coffee fanatic like yours truly, jump on those because I'm sure those will go quick. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKEDON, and 20% comes off of your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we are going to get to the audio from the Devon Taves. See, I'm saying his name right now. Um, Interview and press conference, I guess a Zoom conference that he gave to the media of the Colorado Avalanche. So... Uh, let's dive into that right now. It's about 10 minutes long. So, uh, yeah, here it is. Obviously, it's it's been a heck of a time for you uh, in the last six weeks. You play in the East Conference Finals, and then you get married, and then you get traded, and then you sign this deal. If you could just talk about the last six weeks and how crazy it's been. Yeah, the the run we had on Long Island here was was incredible. It was something I'm so happy I was a part of and, and such a great team and players and organization. Um, so that was just a highlight to be a part of that run and the support that we got from from family and friends and the fans was just so exciting and uh, just a lot of fun. And then uh, the whirlwind after to turn around and get married in two weeks after that was just kind of a wild time, but my wife did so well setting everything up. Her parents were great uh, in helping her with everything as well. And then two days after that was, uh, you know, the crazy news of, of being traded and trying to have a, have to deal with um, the emotional side of things. You know, I think a lot of people look at it as a hockey trade right away and you know how exciting it is to go to a great team in Colorado, but there's definitely an emotional side of it uh, with all the relationships and, and friends and stuff that we've made here. Uh, we're so grateful for everything the Islanders have done for us. And um, we're also so grateful for everything we're going to have in Colorado and, and them putting their faith in me and uh, in trading for me and giving me a chance there. Right, next up, we'll go to Ryan Clark from The Athletic. Hey, Devon, a little bit of a two-parter. Uh, the first is, for you to have four years um, on a contract, what's it like to have that kind of security given that right now no one knows what security looks like in the NHL? And second, I mean, you've had two guys in Derek Broussard and Semyon Barlamov who've played here in Denver for the Avs for varying lengths of time. Did you have conversations with them about what it's like to adjust to a new team? Uh, yeah, answering the second one first there, just, um, you know, Derek and Semyon have been great friends of mine and, and great teammates to have. And, you know, they obviously put their input in and were uh, pretty quick to reach out there and just tell me how, you know, how great of a situation I'm going into and, and how grateful I should be that I, I get to be an avalanche uh, player. So that was that was great for them to reach out and kind of show support and, and a little positivity there in it. Uh, what was your first question again? Sorry. Sure. The first question was, what was it like for you to get a four year deal done? Given this offseason, everybody talked about no one knew what security would look like because of the flat cap and, and cap space being tighter. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm grateful to, to Joe and the staff for having their faith, putting their faith in me for four years. Uh, we're, we're so excited just to be able to settle down somewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy time right now with, with a lot of moving parts in the league and, and just the world in general. And to, you know, kind of have that um, security to know that we can settle down and, um, you know, try to start a family here in, in one place without having to worry about moving around is, is something we're very excited about. Next up is Pat Graham, Associated Press. Hey, first of all, uh, welcome. Um, I just want to just uh, what what we uh, what was your uh, what are your, what are your feelings of this this blue line coming in? I mean, you've heard of Cal McCarr and all this, but it's a it's a pretty veteran group back there. Yeah, I'm just going to try to do whatever I can to to complement those players. Um, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to go out there and and try to do anything flashy. I just I just want to compliment the players that they already have and, and try to put them in the best situations uh, with the puck, without the puck. Um, talk through things, whatever it might be. I, I try to pride myself on being a very calm and, and collected player. And, you know, things go wrong and things go awry on the ice. And, uh, you know, some players like to get frustrated and stuff, but I'd rather just talk it out and, and try to be a, a good support system for whatever guys are thinking and try to take into account the way they think the game and play the game as well. Next up, Arif Dean from Mile High Sports. Hey, Devon, welcome and uh, congratulations on the new contract. Uh, my question was, uh, you're 26 years old. You've played in the NHL for two seasons. It obviously took you a little bit longer to develop. Uh, could you just talk about your progression, obviously playing college and then, you know, joining the Islanders in the AHL, eventually making it to the NHL. Just talk about what it's been like for you to get to this point to sign a, a deal like this with the Avs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played three years at Quinnipiac, which was – you know, the perfect developmental route for me. Um, I was kind of, I guess, considered a late bloomer a little bit and in growth and just overall body weight and stuff. I was a pretty small kid. So it took me a little bit longer to kind of get my size and strength going. And Quinnipiac was the the perfect complement there. The strength coach and uh, the coaching staff they have there was just a perfect complement for uh, the way I was building and progressing. And then, you know, the American League is a developmental league and that's exactly what it was for me was uh, just a chance to hone in on my game and, and the aspects that I need to work on. And, you know, they gave me the opportunity in, in Bridgeport there to, to play big minutes and play big situations and, and just play. Yeah. Just have fun playing the game and play it the way I like to. And uh, a lot of compliments to them for allowing me to kind of be the player that I like to be and, and putting me in good situations there. Um, yeah. I've only been in the league for two years, but I feel like I've been ready for three or four. It's just, the way I felt my game has progressed over the last four or five years has been so strong, and I just feel like I've been ready. Next up, Evan Rall from the DNVR. Hey, Devon. Uh, I just want to ask, Barry Trotz has developed a lot of really good defensemen over the years. What are some of the things that you learned under him that really made you accelerate your development to the point where you're playing 20-plus minutes a night? Um, and then also on top of that, have you had any talks with the coaching staff here in Colorado? Yeah, I've talked to uh, a few members of the coaching staff, and I think we'll dive in over the next few weeks on just how um, they want me to play and how I can compliment them as much as best I can. And, you know, Barry does have a, a great coaching pedigree, um, future Hall of Famer, just a great human being. And, and at first is, is very important to have. And um, just I'm so happy and grateful that he was able to give me that kind of opportunity and in, on the island and you know the way he structures uh the team and stuff is just something that 
fit perfectly with me, just not defending one-on-ones all the time, just defending as a group and doing everything as a team was something that, you know, I took and kind of ran with and it kind of developed my game a little bit, knowing that I don't have to, you know, win a one-on-one battle. We defend as a group, we play as a group, we uh, play offense as a group. It's just everything was such a team atmosphere and that's hopefully something I can bring over. Ryan Clark from The Athletic, go ahead. Um, speaking of your development, of course, you cross paths with Greg Cronin, who is now with the Eagles. I mean, what's it like being coached by a guy like that, knowing that it's not just you who's on this roster. You have another guy like Ryan Graves who's gone through that. He's working with guys like Connor Timmons. Like, how important is it to see that? Because you just came from an organization that if anyone knows how to develop internally, it's the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't really get much an opportunity to work with Greg Cronin, uh, especially not at the NHL level, at least um, just through training camps and stuff. And uh, he's a great hockey mind and I'm sure he's doing a great job with, with the guys in Colorado there. And um, a guy like Graves is someone similar to me. He was in Hartford when I was in Bridgeport. We played against him, I don't know, 14 times every single year. So we saw a lot of each other. You can see just what the opportunity, uh, how he took and ran with the opportunity he was given there and, and developed into a great player and a great part of this Avs team. And I'm excited to get alongside him and, and learn from him as much as hopefully he can learn from me. And another guy like Kyle Burroughs getting traded from, from Bridgeport here too. And with the Islanders is a guy that I've, I've known for years. We've trained together for years. And uh, I see him kind of that same way, a, a guy that just needs an opportunity to kind of develop and grow. And uh, whether he's with the Avalanche or with the Eagles, I think the development staff will do wonders to his game. And we'll try to go back to Mike Chambers. Go ahead, Mike. Can you hear me? I can't see an unmute thing. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, Devon, a lot of people here in Colorado, and I'm sure some of the coaches are uh, thinking about that opposite opposite shot pairing with you and Kale McCarr. I wanted to get your thoughts on on that. and, And then secondly, the fact that you both have a lot in common in terms of being Canadians who uh, chose the college hockey route on the East Coast. Yeah, we both, um, we went uh, junior A route. Uh, he was in the AJ, I think I was in the BC. Um, then both went East Coast with, with college as well. And the programs that, you know, aren't North Dakota, Denver's and Boston colleges, um, more up and coming programs. I'm sure he saw something there, whether it was coaching staff uh, strength coach, something that he thought would complement his game and help him progress. And you can see it did, uh, you know, he's, he's turned into an incredible player and uh, an incredible person as well. I'm, I'm excited to meet him and get to know him as well. Cause you know, I was the same way going to Quinnipiac, a smaller school, but just the way that they develop and progress you is, is just incredible. So I'm just excited to kind of pick his mind and see how his time there was and learn from him as well. All right, welcome back. And yeah, there you go, Devon Taves. Uh, the, just the first thing that strikes you about the guy, and that is taken from, a, like I said, a Zoom call. So if you want to go and, and, and watch, if you're the type of person that likes to see like the demeanor of somebody as they're talking, go watch that. Because he even says in the interview that he's a very calm, cool, collected type of person on the ice. And it seems like you know that's how he is all the time. You know, you don't, sometimes you get like that that Bill Romanowski vibe of people. Not not so much for him. Like Bill Romanowski was very, when he did interviews, very quiet and calm. And then when you got him on a field, he was like a, a rabid animal. Uh, he but Dave seems to play a, a style like he lives his life. 
He's confident in his ability. And he's continuing He's continuing to get better. That's the scary thing is the Avs are jumping on this guy at an unbelievable time. Because he has just shown progress in each of his first couple seasons. And there's no reason to believe that on a team like this, that he won't continue to do that. <clears throat> when you see, when I say like, watch body language, uh, and you know, someone was asking him about these lines and is he excited about what the Avs have on the defensive end? He's doing everything he can to control himself because <laughs> and control his emotions because he, he knows that he is walking into a, a incredible situation for himself and for his you know, professional careers in terms of possibly winning a championship and hopefully multiple. Uh, so I think he's inc- incredibly thankful that he got a four-year deal. And, you know, he, he liked where he was. I don't think he wanted to leave the Islanders. Clearly the Islanders didn't want to give him up. But this is the way it goes. And the Avalanche were there to pounce and inherit him. So I I think people are going to really, really like Devon Taves for next year. So... All right, last piece of business to get to today is the last final season grade for 2019-2020, and that goes to Nikita Zadorov. So let me load up the the Twitter poll here. And good amount of votes, and we, we have pretty much numbers across the board. 2% gave him an A. 28% gave him a B. 63 for C and 6% said D slash F. So the C wins out here and 63%. Some of the comments that were uh, posted. So at your guy, Steven said another year, he didn't stake claim to a top four spot, always flashes potential, but oftentimes had costly defensive uh, lapses. I know you feel he had a strong playoff talking about me, obviously, but I have to disagree. Costing the Avs important goals versus Dallas, including the season ender. Too inconsistent. And then he says dash C. So I'm assuming that's a C, not a C minus. But um, yeah, I'm, a lot of people are putting the the final goal and uh, uh, solely on him. And if you want to put that play on him, fine. But you can't put one play on a, a guy and say, you know, you're the sole reason we lost the entire series. The Avs lost four games. And there's a lot of reasons why they lost those four games in the playoffs. And I thought overall, he had a very good playoff. Uh, was, was that the way it ended, you know, uh, harmonious for him? Definitely not. But there's so many things that you can, that can go back to throughout that game. Um, and say, if that didn't happen, you know, the ending wouldn't have happened either. So I know a lot of people, when a season ends, it's the, the very last thing that people look at. And, um, you know, for him, th- that's kind of what people are jumping on him for. And I get that. That's fine. So um, at Paul Friesen6 said, I liked what he is. Uh, I liked that when he is on the ice, heads would swivel. Frustrating player at times as well with some of his on ice decisions. Loved that he would shoot. It seemed to be a surprise. He will be missed and not missed. C for the potential he had. Uh, which, or excuse me, C for the potential for a lot more. I don't know. I think he was typing pretty fast. So I guess he's trying to say C for his potential. Uh, Rebecca, she always has good things to say. So, um, he had moments of brilliance and moments of me wondering what he was doing. 
I would agree with you on that. But he played solidly in the playoffs, much more what I would expect of him. I hope he takes that with him to Chicago and becomes much more reliable, except against us. Agreed, Rebecca. Um, I, I like what she said. I think that's that's pretty accurate. Uh, we the people who's at Shred Colorado said, Z has been one of my favorite players, but most of that was his personality on and off the ice. He was always so gracious to my kids. His play was pretty frustrating, though. His lapses far outweighed any positive play and never seemed to change. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. <clears throat> I don't think anybody has anything negative to say about him in his personal life. And, you know, his teammates absolutely loved him. Uh, he played with that edge. And he's one of those guys that you love him when he's on your team. And we will probably grow to dislike him now that he is no longer on our team. But, yeah, he seems like he's doesn't surprise me when he says that he was gracious with his kids. I'd like to know more about that um, and how you got your kids to hang out with Nikita Zadorov in some fashion, which is kind of cool. But doesn't surprise me that he's really good with kids. And he just had a new one, by the way. I think like two days ago, he had his, his wife gave birth to... Uh, I think that's their second kid. I'm almost, I think it is, but a uh, brand new baby in the Zadorov family. And then finally, Seth at Seth5280 says, I put B because he played really well during uh, the bubble. Uh, almost did C because he likes to throw the, how is he saying? I don't know what he means by that. Um, okay, without playing D. Like with the game-winning goal against in Game Seven, big fan of Sad. Um, oh, I, I I'm sorry, Seth. You were you were making a joke. A big fan of his Sad to see him go, but what a great return, Sakic did great. So, um, some pretty good comments there, and, and most I agree with. I, I do. I think he had a very good playoff, and we were saying many times, was that enough to keep him around another year? Clearly, we got that answer. Um, like we said before, he just he, he he didn't have the right fit in this team. It's good to have a player of what he can bring, that attitude, especially on the defensive end. But I think the Avs feel like they have some attitude in other areas, and they don't necessarily need it on the defensive end right now. <clears throat> They're a scoring team, and Zadorov is not a scoring defenseman. 64 games this past year, four goals, nine assists. That's 13 points. And to kind of show you, like, in the playoffs where I thought he played very well, 15 games, three goals, two assists, five points. So eight less points he had in the playoffs when he played 15 games compared to 64 in the regular season. So, yeah, I I thought he was playing smarter in the postseason. But I feel like the Avalanche just didn't feel like he could do that for over the course of an entire year. And then do that year after year. So it was time to cut ties. And, you know, that's that's part of the business. This is the route that the Avalanche are going. Two-way uh, defenseman, speed defenseman, scoring defenseman. He doesn't fit the mold. So he's got to go. I, I mean, like, you can't, because he's not a scoring defenseman, the, the points are what they are. But I, you know, he had 65 penalty minutes this year. That's the lowest he's had you know, get, getting rid of the 15-16 season when they played 22 games. That's the lowest he've had, he's had since the 14-15 season when he had 51. I would go a B for Nikita Zadorov this year. Again, I don't think it was good enough for him to stay with Colorado. 
but I thought, you know, when he had he had some stretches where he was phenomenal. Let's not forget when he played Edmonton and shut down McDavid, when then they played Toronto and he shut down Matthews, and then they played Boston and he shut down Marshan and I believe Pasternak too. Like he had a stretch where he was phenomenal. But then he follows it up with, you know, what are you doing? So uh, because of, of those those really good stretches sometimes and a, and a, and a above-average postseason, I have to give Nikita Zadorov a B for, for his last season in the Avalanche. So I kind of am going against the grain with the Twitter folks, which I didn't do too many times during all of these, uh, during all these polls. But for him, I would, I would give him a B. And good luck in Chicago. So that's going to be it for today, everybody. I do have from Adam Denker of Locked On Lightning, and I couldn't get to it today because there's so much going on. Um, The the bit that I did of should the defending champion automatically by default be the number one ranked team, he did a segment about that on his show, and he cut it for me and sent it over to me, so I will play that for you on Monday. So, uh, And I think you will like what he has to say. Pleasantly surprised. So uh, that's going to be it for today and for this week. Thank you for tuning in today, each and every day. Definitely tune in next Tuesday when we get the conversation with Ryan Clark from The Athletic going. And uh, that will be it. Enjoy the weekend. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Stay safe if you are going trick-or-treating. And we'll see you on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go. Go.